Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Sit tight. Here comes your good advice. What is up, everybody? This is episode number 100. Man, I cannot believe it. I mean, really, 100 episodes of the Good Advice Podcast, formerly known as the Blake Benz Podcast. It's a much less obnoxious name, but still all the great quality content that you've come to expect in the podcast. And what I wanted to do today, man, we're celebrating. We're celebrating that 100th episode And there's a lot of energy around that. I mean, people have told me, um, you know, when you hit episode 100 for a podcast, that's when things really seem to kick into gear. I don't know how true that is, but what I do want to do is I want to talk about really about the podcast in general, you know, where we've sort of landed for the podcast. This is kind of like a, a family talk episode. You know, we're talking shop a little bit, talking with the fam. You guys who have supported me a long, long time, maybe you've listened to the episodes uh, that I've been putting out for quite a while now. First of all, for you guys, I want to say thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you. I just can't believe the amount of people who have just been tuning in, listening, checking out the podcast. You know, I mentioned this uh, probably, I guess, a few weeks ago, but in early February, the podcast broke the top 50, landing at number 38 in the entire United States for the category of entrepreneurship. And, uh, I, you know, I never have really thought of myself as like an entrepreneurial guru. In fact, I make fun of gurus most often, but it's kind of cool to know that, hey, whatever I'm talking about, there are people who they're getting something good at it, good out of it. Otherwise, I guess they wouldn't be listening to it. And hey, if it's your first time listening to the show, if you just stumbled across this podcast or maybe you seen a, you saw a social media post and you're like, I'm going to check this guy out. I'm going to size this guy up and figure out exactly what he's talking about. Let me tell you, welcome. I'm going to begin now doing my Jedi mind trick of getting you to subscribe to the podcast and tune in with me every week. We update this podcast two to three times per week, and, and that hasn't always been the case, but... As people's energy around the podcast has grown, so has my uh, desire to make it as consistent as possible. So what I want to do today in celebration of the podcast, I want to do a look back and talk about sort of where the podcast has come from, how I've put this together. I also want to talk about one important aspect that really caused me to start my business a year and a half ago. And I want to encourage you wherever you are today, whatever business you're in, whether you're running your own business, whether you're working for somebody else, I want to encourage you. And I want to talk about really how do you anchor yourself in life? How do you find your purpose in life? It's nothing hokey. It's nothing cliche. It's nothing cheesy, but I I want to talk out of my own personal experience and really some of the, the unhappiness and frankly, the depression that I have gone through in the past in my life and how I've tried to create 
pathways out of that to feeling fulfilled, to feeling happy, to feeling rewarded. And nothing we're going to talk about is really going to be very superficial. You know, I'm not really going to be talking about like, how can you budget and eliminate debt to be a happier person? I want to talk about really how this podcast came to be, how the business came to be, and some things that you can be doing today to make yourself feel more. And I, I use this word intentionally. I think I just keep, I keep thinking of the word you feeling anchored. You know, you feeling like you're attached to something, you're connected to something, like your your day-to-day life has meaning. And it's an important topic for me because I, I have felt so often in my life really aimless and directionless and what the heck am I doing? And and there was always like some things that that pushed me and drove me. You know, I mean, my faith is so important to me. And that's a big aspect of what I do every day. But really kind of like, okay, how do I specifically fit in life? How do I specifically, what do I specifically bring to the table? I think that's an important question. And the more that I talk to people, the more that I engage with people, the more that I have conversations, whether it's young people, man, even people who are older, I've recognized that there is a wide majority of us who feel disconnected. They feel out of rhythm. They feel out of sync. And I use those words intentionally because it's, it's not just about being unhappy. It's like you look at your circumstances in life and it's like, man, that this isn't what I thought my circumstances would be. This isn't what I expected. This isn't even maybe what I wanted out of my life. You know, things are just playing out differently than I thought they would. And maybe if it's not even a deep, you know, a deep, deep rooted feeling, sometimes it can be something as simple as, you know, frankly, the kind of job, the kind of work I thought I would be doing today is not what I am doing. In fact, I talked to a handful of people we talk about this concept of, you know, what's your purpose in life and what drives you and what do you, and even, even let's even pull it out from, you know, the super serious question. I've even asked questions like, I mean, what do you, what do you want to do? What are you passionate about? And it's amazing how many people, smart people, talented people, incredible people, how many people tell me, Blake, I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. You know, it's like a lot of us, we're just kind of, we're kind of just bumping into each other. We're kind of just figuring out, man, I mean, I didn't kill anyone. I didn't commit any crimes. You know, I at least put some money in the bank account. I guess I'm doing okay. And we live this life that is so, it's just strange. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like, you know, it's almost like we, here's how I like to think of it. And I, this is some random analogy that kind of just came to mind. And so I don't know if this is going to land or not. But you know how like those, uh, I don't know if you ever had like a locker or like you ever had like one of those um, combination locks, you know, uh, and not like the one where you spin the dial, but the one that has like the prongs that stick out, you know, it's like the four numbers on this lock and you like rotate the prongs until it sets in the, um, in the right combination. Well, I've been watching this YouTube uh, video, this YouTube series. He's called The Lockpicking Lawyer. This guy is like incredible. His videos are always really short. You should check this out on YouTube. And, and by the way, I apologize in advance because after watching this, you're going to be addicted just like I am. What this guy does, his videos are all so short. They're about a minute long. And what he does is he picks locks, which doesn't sound very exciting, but... He takes like these really incredible locks. Like he'll grab an Amazon lock that costs like 150 bucks 
and he'll pick it with like a piece of metal or like a, with a paper clip. Or I saw one, it was like a $200 lock and he picked it by just dropping it on its corner and it just popped open. And so he, he basically he's showing how, you know, some of these locks really aren't legitimate. But one of the things he does in his videos is he'll take apart the lock and he'll show how it works. Well, he was showing one of these combination style locks and he was showing how with the dial, or excuse me, with the, um, the rotating pins, you know, with little prongs that come out, whenever you're cycling through the numbers, what's happening is on the inside of the lock, there's this little metal prong, just like there's a prong on the outside, there's a metal prong on the inside. And as you're rotating the lock, there is a deep groove where when you get to the right number, that prong will fit into that groove. And so if there's four numbers on a lock, there's four grooves. And so you're rotating to get the right combination so that all fit, all four are going to fit right into the correct groove. And if it's the wrong number, it's just sitting on the metal or it's sitting on, um, you know, like a fake groove to mislead lock pickers like this gentleman. And I was thinking about this and I was like, man, that's really like what our life is like, which even saying that out loud, you're kind of like, you're probably thinking, wait, uh, wait, what? But I, but here's, here's, man, if you, if I can just go full blown cheesy mode for a second, let's really think about this for a second. You know, imagine that you are a lock or there is, um, and, and, and again, as a spiritual person, I don't think that we are here by accident. Uh, I'm a Christian. I feel like I believe that that there is a God and a God created us and he created us for specific a specific purpose and specific good works. Um, and I'm very open about that. And, you know, amazingly enough in our um, outrage culture, it's amazing how many how often I share that with people. And they're like, that's awesome. Cool. And, and we have great conversation about it. But in thinking of that being my belief system. You know, everybody has like this purpose or like this, this ability to influence. And whenever we talk about ability to influence, a lot of times we think about being on stage. We think about uh, influencer culture, like how many followers do you have? None of this stuff matters. In fact, all of that is, in fact, that's, that's where we go typically in our minds, but it couldn't be further from the truth in terms of influence. And so we have the ability to influence people around us positively or negatively. A lot of times we don't because we don't realize how simple it can be to influence someone. In fact, there could be someone in your life right now that a simple phone call, a simple word of encouragement could totally transform the way they look at life. You know, a lot of times we don't, we don't do that though, because the outcomes are, um, we, we don't always hear about them. And so again, when we think about influence, a lot of times we think about like these big, massive things that we can do. So get that out of your mind right off the bat. And you know, we're talking about literally the significant impact you can have on your neighbor, on the person around you, what have you. And so there is a gifting about you. There is a potential that you have inside you. There are things that you bring to the table, and this isn't hokey, this isn't cheesy, this isn't cliche. Very literally, there's no wasted energy in our universe. And, and so there's not any wasted energy in you being created. And so you have a specific level of um, talent, potential. You bring something to the table that someone else does not bring to the table. You are unique. Uh, all you have to do is look at your thumbprint to know that you are different, unique, whatever. Some people are a little bit more unique than others. There, there are, uh, they, they are our special weird people, but you are, you know, adequately unique enough to make a specific, meaningful influence and an impact on people around you. Going back to the lock. 
thinking about your life when people are not walking in their quote, walking in their calling, when they're not walking in their values, when they're not walking in the awareness of what they bring to the table, that lock remains closed. But as you take time to figure out who you are and what you offer, I mean, what's so sweet and special about you, that's how you move those prongs into those grooves to open the lock and unleash what you're capable of contributing. And I, I want to, I'm, you know, something that I like to talk about, especially with clients that I work with, because I don't do any like life coaching. And this, this sounds very life coaching-esque. But something that I've always been very proud of of my clients is I'm very practical, I'm very actionable, I'm very tangible. And so I'm working with a business owner, when I'm working with a leader, it's very little like, like I wouldn't sit down with a leader and, and like, okay, let's talk about your childhood and how it informs your perspective as a boss today. It's really nothing like that. It's more of um, it, the way that conversation would happen would be, hey, all of your employees are quitting, they hate you. What has happened in your life to make you such a jerk to people? Or why do you think that's what leadership is? And so someone might mention, well, my dad was always really hard on me. He always had a no-nonsense approach. And so I take the same approach for my people. So then my follow-up would be, okay, let's try something else though. You know, how's that working for you? You know, everyone just quit. So how's it working for you? So I try to be very actionable. I try to be very practical. And this lock analogy is no different. And so when we talk about like, moving the prongs and getting it into the right grooves and getting yourself in sync and getting yourself anchored. I fully believe this only comes through an enormous amount of self-reflection and thinking and frankly, and this is the scariest part, a willingness to change. So many people are not willing to change. And I think that many of us, if we asked ourselves in a vacuum, People would say, yes, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to, you know, become a different person or, you know, change my routine or what have you. But realistically speaking, the majority of people will not, they won't. In fact, I have a podcast episode on this called The Pain of Change. And it comes from, and this is attributed to so many different people, Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, whoever. But it's basically the concept is you will not change until the change of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. Because, you know, it's painful to change, but until it's more painful to stay where you are, you're never going to be any different. So when we think about unlocking this lock, I've noticed that a, a, an enormous amount of people are simply unaware of what drives them, who they are and how they fit. I talked to a 40-year-old guy. We were having a conversation on his work, and he was unhappy. And I said, okay, what do you want to do? What would make you happy? And his immediate answer was an extremely common three-word answer, I don't know. And I'm thinking, if you haven't figured it out by the time you're 40, when are you going to figure it out? When are you going to take the time to figure it out? And that, you know, those three words are the same three words I hear from the 18-year-old, from the 19-year-old, from the 20-year-old, hear from people in their 50s. And it's nothing to feel guilty about, but it should be a sign. 
It should be something that if you find yourself saying those words, it should be a heads up. You are on track for a life full of regret and unfulfillment. Man, what a charge. What a, <laughs> what's some, that's some heavy words there. That's a heavy accusation. But all I can say is I've never met anyone who had no idea what fulfills them, what drives them, and who also said, man, I've never been happier. What I typically see is people who, when they figure out what that sweet spot is, man, they just blossom, they bloom. I mean, they seriously, they, it's, like, it's like they come to life. It's incredible. And I want to talk about that for myself, you know, because it's because here's the thing. A lot of times when we have this conversation on, on unlocking the lock and walking out your calling and being in your rhythm, being anchored to your sweet spot, to what makes you you, a lot of times what happens is we immediately attach that to a job description. Like what's the job that I need to go do? that will then scratch the itch of who I am and the problems that I'm having or the, the problems I want to resolve for people. And that's part of it. But the job description actually has nothing to do. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a side conversation. Here's what I mean is that when you figure out your why, when you answer the why that drives you, the uniqueness of who you are and how that contributes to the people around us, it literally does not matter what job you do. So let me talk about this a little bit more for myself personally. So when I was a kid, I went to this summer camp and uh, had an incredible, incredible experience. The whole MO of this summer camp, summer camp is that every kid who comes here needs to leave feeling individualized and special and that they matter. And this would go all the way down to the detail of, you know, if there'd be like a baseball activity, the counselors, their whole job, it's not just to facilitate the baseball game, but it's to make sure that a kid gets to be the superstar. So what might happen is you have a counselor who's out, you know, at first base and this kid who maybe they've never played, they don't even know how to hold the bat. They don't even know how to swing the bat. You know, they're putting their, their body in front of the ball for whatever reason. So the kid finally, by the grace of God, it hits the ball and it, 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 you know, runs down the line to first base. Well, the counselor at first base might pick up the ball and then accidentally drop it or stumble over themselves and fall down. And, uh, and so the kid makes it to first base. And I've literally, I've heard, having been a counselor this camp, having been one of the camp directors of this camp, I was there forever. I've heard kids say, wow, I've never won anything before in my life, or I've never hit the ball before ever. And so it's this certain sweetness. It's this moment where a kid who maybe they see themselves as a loser in every other aspect, they finally get to be a winner. Now, for some of you who your parents didn't love you enough, you are already frustrated by this story because you're thinking, Blake, that is what is wrong with our culture today. Those are the participation trophies that we hate how dare you? You know, you're pitying this kid. And I and I really my message to you is did you need to get out more? You know, you need to cut, cut, cut the crap. Stop being so um, intense and over the top. We're talking about an eight-year-old and an eight-year-old's confidence and what that can do for um, you know, someone down the road. You know, there is a winner of the baseball game, and that is what it is. 
But it's those small, sweet moments where a counselor notices, okay, here's an opportunity to make a kid feel that, that they matter, that they aren't insignificant. Well, so I was that kid. I felt like people, and I, I man, my, I really struggled to find my footing growing up in the sense of I didn't know how I fit. I didn't even know why I existed. Struggled with suicidal thoughts, literally, I mean, as young as 12 or 13 years old. And I remember going to this camp, and I think I was maybe 12. I was around that age, 12 or 13, and just thinking, wow, I matter. Like, what? I have something to offer, and I matter. That's like the one message I got out of this. And so here's the point that I'm getting at. Whenever this concept came alive in me, what I found to be my why was as someone who felt so lost, I thought to myself, I want people to not feel the way that I felt before, before now. I want them to find their why. I want them to find their answer. And so that became the driving force. I didn't know what consulting was. I didn't know, I didn't even know what that type of business was. But here's my point is it doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't matter what the job is as long as you find that you are walking out what your calling is. You know, you're unlocking what it is that, you know, is your unique flavor, your spice of life, the thing you bring to the table. And at that young of age, I, I had no idea. I just, I had a glimpse of it though. You know, and I think in all of us in our lives, if we think about the times we were happiest, happiest isn't even the right word. The times we were most fulfilled, we can think of those moments, those glimpses of, okay, there was something about that time that really made me happy. And so I, I started to grow up, started to get into later in high school, got into college. I was uh, a pre-med student in college, and that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But at the same time, I really wasn't interested in it. I had people who I really respected. I had mentors who were like, I mean, you never really talk about medicine. Like, I don't really see you like reading about medicine. I don't really see you sharing about medicine. Like, why are you pre-med? And I was like, I don't know. This is what, and this is how jacked up our college education system is. I was like, I, I don't know. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So <laughs> that's what, that's what I was doing. But I remember I was talking to a friend of mine, a best friend at the time. We had just grabbed, I mean, it's, it's college life. We had just, I think we had just grabbed Taco Bell. And so we were just like going to town on, you know, I think back then it was like dollar tacos or something. So we were like going to town on these tacos and, you know, he has like a mouthful of his burrito and like in the middle of a big bite, he's like, man, so like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm pre-med, you know, that's, I guess I'm going to be a doctor. And he was like, okay, well, uh, like, is that what makes you happy? And right before he asked this question, he had talked about something he was going through. I think, I can't remember if he had like been dumped or if he was like having a relationship issue. I don't remember what it was, but I just, I just, I gave him some advice and I said, I think this is what you need to do. And then I gave him some encouragement. I said, man, you're awesome. And you have so much to offer. You know, you, you're going to bounce back. It's no big deal. But so he asked this question, what do you want to do with your life? And I just, I remember, and again, it's one of those glimpses. It was a moment. It was a glimpse in the moment where I thought, man, honestly, like encouraging you, like that is what made me happy. I think that's what I would want to do with my life. But like, you know, who's a professional encourager, right? Like who's, <laughs> what is that job, right? All I knew though, was that being a doctor wouldn't scratch that itch. And so 
what ended up happening was I decided to go be a teacher. And unfortunately, not to you know frustrate any fellow teachers that I worked with, I didn't really actually care too much about, I mean, obviously, I wanted them to learn the content and be smart and, you know, actually get an education. And I made sure all those things happen. But what really drove me even as a teacher, and I was working in inner city Houston, I was there for three years. And before that, I was working in the uh, Mississippi Delta. I remember all I cared about was I want these, I want these kids to feel like they matter and that they have something to offer. And I want them to feel motivated for the rest of their life to go out and make an impact. And so that's what drove me as a teacher. I had some really awful bosses as a teacher. I saw some really great talent leave and I thought, okay, um, I think I can do something here. I don't think this is the right way we should approach leadership. So I moved up to Northwest Arkansas. I got the job at the consulting firm that I was working at and immediately started doing leadership development and facilitation and executive coaching. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I get to basically encourage people for a living and give them very direct, real advice. And something that's always been true about me is I, I have always been, uh, I don't want to say, I, I think when I was younger, maybe I, people would say I was very abrasive because the concept I didn't understand was I would give advice without I would give advice in the absence of trust. And so someone would be like, whoa, I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't really, you know, you and I just met and you're telling me what I need to be doing differently. Um, you're kind of coming across, uh, frankly, pretty douchey. And so I had to learn those concepts. But but one of the things that I figured out was in the consulting gig, wow, I get to give people advice on their leadership and I get to give people um, wisdom on how they can be better bosses and manage their people better and, and all of these things. Well, so long story short, I ended up leaving that job and I started good advice a couple of years ago. And, and here's what I'm getting at is, is me kind of solidifying my why amazingly enough at this consulting gig, I found myself extremely unhappy and I found myself extremely depressed again. And I was trying to figure out why it was that way. You know, I, I had long said it was a dream job. I had long said that this is what I was called to do. And now all of a sudden I was unfulfilled again. Looking back, thinking about, okay, what caused me to quit and start my own company? The simplest way to describe it is I could envision clients I was working with who was paying us to check the box, but who had no intention of real meaningful change. I also don't know, part of me, I felt like I had hit my limit on growth and I didn't know if I was capable of making the impact that I wanted to make unless I went out and hyper accelerated my own growth by doing something like starting my own business. And so I left that company started my own business. And now, you know, here we are again. I, I think this is my dream job. I think that this is what I'm called to do. But I know that my central why is creating real change for people and allowing them to make the impact they want to make. And so clients that I'm working with, these are people who what drives them is more than just pure numbers. Uh, the now, having said that, the majority of our conversations are on revenue and how do you make more money and how do you get more customers? But, you know, just like customers are thinking if they want to choose me at the same time, I'm thinking about, do I want to choose them? Is this somebody who's honest? They have integrity. 
Are they offering something that they believe in that they think is going to make someone's life better? And this isn't like I work with some nonprofits, but it, it doesn't have to be nonprofit. I mean, it could be someone who, you know, they sell they sell used cars to someone. They're a car lot, and they, you know, for them, it's yeah, we get to provide a a um a, a means for people to travel and to get to their job and do it in a secure consistent way so it doesn't have to be something very fluffy or um feel good it's just but it has to be an owner who's serious about i'm trying to make a difference and i'm trying to grow something uh, that impacts people in a positive way and so where i am currently is i'm trying to grow and develop this thing to really grow my influence and again, to make people's lives more meaningful. That's always been my driver. That's always been the thing that, you know, it sort of like lights the fire under my rear. And I say all that because my encouragement to you is until you find your why, you won't be happy, you won't be fulfilled. And I promise you, you're gonna have that lock tightly secured around your potential until you make the decisions, the choices, to move the prongs and get them into the right place. And I think this is what we do when we talk about the pain of change is we are very passive for the most part. In fact, the majority of people that I talk to on this topic, what they tell me is I'm just going to wait another year or I'm going to wait another few years or I'm going to see where I'm at in five years. And all I can think about is that is five years wasted. What I can tell you, I can promise you, in my young age of 32 years, what I can promise you is that life is so random and it's it's inconsequential really of your actions. It's going to continue whether you make decisions or not. You know, everyone else is still going to continue on. And what life's going to do is it is so random and chaotic and there's so much noise. Your life circumstances will never move those prongs into their right positions on its own. Because that's really what we do. We want to take away the personal accountability. And we assume if I just wait a little bit longer, then I will be in rhythm. Then I will be in sync. Then my life will, um, you know, I'll be, I'll have that, that sync in my step where I feel like I'm walking out my calling. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. And if that is your perspective, just a, a friendly warning, you are heading towards a life of unfulfillment. What you need to do is be aggressive in creating the circumstances you want out of life. And root that in what really drives you, in really who you are, and what, what you have to offer to influence people. You know, I had a guy who he told me his why was he wanted to have, be able to buy nice things. I said, that's a shallow and meaningless why, and it won't fulfill you. Find a new why. <laughs> and you may be thinking like, how, you know, is it really your, can you really tell people it's not their why? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that is pure superficiality. There's no substance there. And it's going to just dis disappoint you. Cause once you have the stuff, it's going to be okay. What now? You know, it's like, it's like Tom Brady when he won his fifth ring and he was like, I feel like something's still missing. You know, this is the guy who has achieved things that 99% of NFL players will never achieve. And here he is saying, yeah, I feel, I don't know. I feel like there's something else, you know, I guess I need to play more ball. I guess I need to go after another ring. And so think about your why and then be aggressive in putting those prongs into place. 
It might mean that you need to quit your job. It might mean that you need to start something on the side, maybe a little side hustle. You know, you don't have to be, we don't have to like Jerry Maguire this thing. You don't have to go quit tomorrow. But think about it. You know, let's say you need the stability of your job. You have a family, you have kids, but you've always wanted to go do this thing. What would it look like to peel off one hour a day or a couple hours every other day? Or heck, a Saturday a month? I'm going to dedicate one Saturday a month. I'm going to work the whole day. I'm going to do a half day. And it's all going to be dedicated towards this thing that drives me. And you may not figure it out on the first go. And that's okay. You know, for me, I thought, well, I think, I think my why is fulfilled through being a doctor. In hindsight, I would have been a terrible doctor because I didn't even like it. You know, I, but I had to walk that out and figure out what exactly it was that clicked for me. But you can't do that if you don't ever give yourself the space and time to actually do it, figure it out, and make it happen. Find your why or you will be lost the rest of your life. Heavy words, right? I don't know. <laughs> man, I would love to hear from you. If you have figured out your why, if you are, are man, you're walking in the rhythm of your calling, I want to hear from you. Shoot me an email, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Let's encourage one another. And if you are trying to figure it out, if you are trying to see, you know, to figure out, I don't know what to do, I'm not sure, here's what I will offer you. I don't do any kind of life coaching. I'm not going to sell you anything. But if you are looking for someone to bounce ideas off of, to try to find some greater clarity, you're trying to find that rhythm, I will, for free, I will sit down with you and I will be your sounding board. Tell me what drives you. Tell me what energizes you. Tell me what you envision doing. But here's the only caveat. Here's the only thing I'm going to ask you to do. I do not want my time to be wasted. And so going back to being aggressive with change, I've realized that people sometimes when they share how they're feeling, they're just looking to be heard. They're not really looking to change. And so if you're going to call me, if you're going to email me, if you're going to inbox me on LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, then as I act as your sounding board, I'm going to ask you, to actually change, and I'm going to hold you accountable to it. Don't message me if you have no intention of changing. And hey, even beyond that, if you're looking to start a business, you're trying to grow your business, maybe you've been running a business for a while and it just isn't quite where you want it to go, I can definitely help you with that as well. Shoot me a message. We'll get it happening. Hey, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Again, I can't believe it. Number 38 in entrepreneurship in the entire US. It's incredible. Make sure that you are continuing to follow the podcast. We got to start working on our next 100 episodes. And again, I am so grateful for your support. I'm so grateful for you helping me out. Uh, if you want to continue to contribute to the podcast, we do have a monthly Patreon patron program. You find that patreon. Uh, excuse me, patreon.podbean.com slash good advice. Uh, for as little as $5 a month, you can support the podcast so that the quality continues to improve and be great. And hey, if you're a business and you want to advertise on the podcast, I have another option for you too. I'm proud to say it's an ad-free podcast, but I would love to support and promote some incredible businesses, especially those who have uh, been checking out the podcast and getting benefits from it. Happy 100 episodes wherever you are today. Man, have an amazing week. Continue to push out, grind out, and most of all, find your why. I'll catch you later. See ya.